now. Hello, welcome to The Real Deal with Sean Matthews, where we have real conversations with real people, entrepreneurs and business owners alike. I have been interviewing so many beautiful women and men on this podcast, and I've just met this lovely lady in the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to formally introduce her to you all. She, we met her, we met actually on an online networking event, which um, surprisingly yeah. is, was actually unreal. She was one of the speakers. So her name is Alison Marie Okaden, and she is an entrepreneur and leader in women's empowerment. She started her award-winning business today, tomorrow, and always in 2016, as has been recognized in local state and national awards for her powerful work with people. One of the only 35 certifi certified soul modes, mentors in the world. Allison launched her newest offering, Allison Marie, in 2020 to educate and empower people in understanding their femme core. So Allison has shared her message in magazine articles, podcasts, meetings, conventions, including Unleashkin in two, 2021. Allison is a genuine and authentic woman sharing with, with empathy and compassion from her own experiences with domestic violence, military life, self-hatred, single parenthood, and so much more. Allison's goal is to help those who need a hand to hold as they get on their feet and begin to see the light through the darkness. I love that, Allison. Allison has the unique ability to remove the veil for women to not only see their own strengths, but their inner beauty as well. Allison believes that all women deserve to live a life that is not a chore, but an exhilarating adventure. Alice Marie is a single, single mom of four and a grandmother of two. She loves her crazy family life and doting on her boxer fur baby. Lyric, Alison and her family live their exhilarating lives in the Hunter region of Australia. Welcome Alison, so, so good to have you on today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wow, you've had an adventurous life, um, very lots full of adventures of family and stories, and we just discussed a few things before this call. But um, I'd really love the listeners and the viewers because uh, this is going on YouTube as well. That um, you know, <laughs> so you're ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great background. Um, so I'd love to hear more, and I think the listeners, the one thing that I ask all my people on my podcast are, who is Allison, and why did you start what you started, and how did it come about? So there's those three words, those three questions, but yeah, just to share a little bit about you. Well, I'll take a deep breath. There's actually a few reasons that I started Allison Marie. Um, I guess I need to go back to um, 2015. Um, I lost the man that I loved uh, suddenly and was left with nothing. And uh, about 18 months later, I discovered the world of DNA keepsakes and DNA jewellery where you can take parts of your DNA, like breast milk, umbilical stump, um, embryo straws, um, pet fur, ashes, and, and so many other things, and turn them into gorgeous jewellery and display keepsakes to remember loved ones that have lost or remember a pregnancy uh, of a baby that didn't get to take their first breath. 
And I launched that um, on his third anniversary of his passing so that other families never had to go through what we did. We, we don't have anything of his because I didn't know the industry existed. So my, my mission is to reach a million people a year, not to buy from me, but just to educate them about my industry and all of the different ways that we can help someone who's grieving, as well as all the different ways that we can celebrate the amazing moments of life, like the birth of a newborn baby or an engagement or a wedding and, and graduation and all of those other wonderful moments that, that happen in life. It's not all doom and gloom. Hmm. Um, but because I, I launched today, tomorrow and always in his memory, I do tend to focus more on the lost side of things because that's what I'm passionate about is making sure that no other family is left with nothing. Uh, I, I then seemed to draw a lot of women in that had experienced either pregnancy loss, stillbirth or, or infant loss that were coming to me to have pieces made, to have uh, wedding bands made with their, their unborn baby's ashes um, and things like that. And there was a recurring thing that, that I kept hearing throughout all of their stories. And it was for those mums that had toddlers or, or older children as well. And they kept telling me that they had these days where they just wanted their toddlers to go away, shall I say? Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> that, that wasn't the words that you know, that, that they would use, but, but basically bugger off and leave me alone. Yeah. Um, and that their partner was, you know, trying to be so supportive that it was smothering. And again, bugger off and leave me alone. Mm. And that, that then led to such guilt because here they were grieving a baby they didn't get to hold. And yet their babies that were earthside wanted them and they just wanted them to go away. Mm. And every time I hear the story, I, I knew what was happening and I knew that I could explain it to them in a way that made them understand they're not a bad mum, they're not a bad wife, they're not a bad friend, they're not a bad anything. They're a grieving mum and a grieving woman. Mm -hmm. um, the framework that I use in Alison Marie is called Soul Modes, which is a, a foundation that was uh, cornered and coined and trademarked by a Queensland mum named Carly Marie um, okay. only a few years ago, only very new. Um, but basically it explains that as women and as anyone that identifies as having more feminine energy than, than masculine, because we, we all have each, yes. um, that we go through a cycle of different energetic states constantly without even realising it. Um, but once you understand the foundation and the structure of it, you can then learn to not only hack yourself um, and make yourself more productive, which I'll talk about in a business sense a bit later on, but just as a, a person, you know, you can end each day feeling accomplished and, and feeling pride instead of being, oh, I've still got so much to do tomorrow. Mm. So for quick reference, the four modes of bear mode, which is the mode where we tend to crave um, solitude. We don't want anyone around us. We just want to kind of hide in our cave and, and hibernate. It's where we need to deal with all of the self-care side of things. And for me personally, my bear mode is a bitch. Can I, can I say that on, on here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess yeah. I just did. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so my bear mode tends to bring up all of the negative feelings I have about myself. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll have feelings of you're a bad mum because you work too much. You're a bad businesswoman because you don't work enough. You know, all, all of those things. Um, 
and it just makes you feel yucky, you know, so you, you need seclusion to, to just cry usually. Um, after bear mode comes super mode where we're all organized and we love to-do list. We love that, that feeling of ticking off our to-do list. It just fills our cup. Um, we want to be organized, we're going to meal plan, we're going to join the gym, we're going to do all the things in super mode because we're so driven and dedicated. Oh, yeah. After that comes sparkle Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, sparkle mode is all about affection and connection, whether that be with our partner, with our kids or with ourselves uh, and even workmates. Um, it's where we tend to wear a pretty dress that we may not normally wear, we'll maybe do our hair a bit different or our makeup and, and just feel good about ourselves. Um, she's all about the relationships and, and the, the love and looking after others. And then comes wild mode, which I equate to a toddler on sugar. And every woman out there with a toddler <laughs> knows exactly what I mean by that. A toddler on sugar says, I want this and nothing's going to get in my way. Um, sometimes it's to eat the cat food. You know, sometimes a toddler decides I'm going to eat cat food and <laughs> oh, you yeah. try and stop them, it breaks loose. Yeah. Um, and that's how we get it. We get so focused on, she's usually a bigger picture person. So whether it's getting a, you know, advancing your career, whether it's having another child, whether it's getting married, whatever that big goal is, once your, your wild mode is set on it, she doesn't get how you're going to get there. But she's the one that comes up with, okay, this is what we want. This is our next goal. And now we've got to work towards it. And then we go into bear mode back again. And we just cycle right through. And okay. each of them have their place. So what I discovered was these women that were grieving and wanting their spouses and kids to leave them alone were just in bear mode. And not only were they in bear mode, but they were grieving on top of that. Uh -huh. So all of those things, especially in pregnancy loss, and it doesn't matter how many times you tell a mum there's nothing you could have done uh -huh. to, to stop that from happening, they always feel, oh, if, I, if I hadn't, you know, stepped to the right today or if I hadn't, have, you know, uh -huh. done a bad thing, whatever it is. Yeah, they question yeah. themselves. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to get them to understand that, that there really isn't anything you could have done, but uh -huh. also that, there's an explanation for it. You need to dredge up all of those horrible feelings so that when you switch over into super mode, you can address them. Because if you don't address those nasty feelings, you stay stuck. And as a society, we've kind of, we've got this toxic positivity, which sounds like an oxymoron. But what I mean by that is we're so used to telling people, it'll be okay. You know, uh -huh. if you can just get through today, tomorrow will be better. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, just, if you just move on, you won't feel so bad. And we're denying, and I'm going to say these women because that's the, the context I'm talking about, but we're denying these women the right to grieve how they need to grieve. Yeah. Um, you can't say to somebody, okay, you've got 24 hours to get over it. Like that, uh -huh. that's not how grief works. Uh -huh. um, and like I said, as a society, we're kind of like, okay, look, it's been a week now. You know, come on, perk back up. Um, and we're, we're damaging the ones we love by, by the toxic positivity. Yeah. Instead of letting them think and, and sit in that uncomfortable zone. And, and my, my advice to anyone listening right now is if you are feeling that way or when, when you feel like that next, because I promise you, you will, now that you're going to look for the pattern, <laughs> um, grab a book and just start journaling. Even if it's your phone, just start brain dumping the thoughts that come to your mind. Mm. And 
surprised at what comes up. But then once you feel yourself shift into that mode of, okay, I've got to get all the things done, go back and look at that list. Like I said before, my, my bear mode is that I'm a bad mum and, and I'm a bad business owner. Um, and I, I seem to, those ones always come up because that's my, my fear of and my, my issues, I guess. But am I a bad mum because I'm working too much? Maybe a little. Um, but I work while they're asleep. Um, you know, I work while they're at school. And mm. sometimes I work weekends. You know, I'm, I'm a business owner with two different businesses that, that I can't help that. But I'm doing that to cement a future for our family. Mm-hmm. When it comes to being a bad business owner, am I? Again, maybe. But I, I have a business coach. Um, I have uh, four different uh, different types of business um, learnings and, and uh, courses that I'm going through right now mm-hmm. to become a better business and to, to make sure that I'm doing it in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. So even though in those moments of, of bear mode, I'm feeling those things, when I shift in, I can, I can counteract them and say, yes, I acknowledge that I felt that way, but I'm doing something to fix that. Or mm-hmm. I might not be able to do anything to fix that right now, but I can mm-hmm. make a plan. To. And the thing is, if we don't deal with, with the things, you know, that, that are uncomfortable, we're not moving forward. We're just staying stuck and stagnant in the same place. And yeah. that's not how you really develop it that lot in life. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the main reasons that, that I, I began um, studying the, the soul modes framework. Yes. Um, and I had my eldest son come home um, from, for a third time. Um, Can I just stop you there, though, Alison, just to, b- before you move on to that one? Just, I wanted to acknowledge what you were just saying about um, being a bad mom and being this and maybe a bad business owner and maybe you are and maybe you're not. If you, if, you, if, cli- if a client comes to you, right, and they say to you, I am a bad mom or I feel like I'm a bad mom, do you, how, how do you guide them into why do you feel that way? Um, well, the first thing that I do ask is exactly that. Okay, tell me why. Um, and they'll say, oh, look, I, uh, maybe they work too much and they don't spend enough time with the kids or because I see other mums home baking all of their kids' snacks and I buy packeted stuff. It's amazing the difference of the pressure that, and I, I honestly think we put it on ourselves more than anyone else, mm-hmm. that what we feel like a good mum is, mm-hmm. is often... It's not to be a good mum. I mean, the fact that you're worried about whether you're a good mum or not instantly tells you you're a good mum. Like just the fact that you've asked that question because I'm yet to meet a a mum that's actually subpar that cares that they're subpar. Um, It's only good mums that stress about being a good mum. And whether you're home baking, whether you're buying packets of stuff, whether your kids have had McDonald's four nights this week, you know what? They'll live. Mm. All they need is to know that they're loved, that they're safe, mm-hmm. and they're fed and clothed. Apart mm-hmm. from that, again, if you're getting takeaway for a full week because you're exhausted, do it. There is no, there's no, I mean, there's no way that, like, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. There's yeah. no such thing as a perfect child. Mm. You don't have a baby and then get handed this book of, okay, how to raise a successful person. Mm-hmm. and uh, as someone with four kids, I can wholeheartedly tell you that each of my kids have been different. 
Mm. Um, you know, even the ones that are 100% genetically siblings, they've, what their needs were and what needs they needed met as they grew up through certain phases were so different from each other. Mm. And, again, even if someone had handed me a book, it would have been a book for, you know, maybe the three other babies in the room but not mine. Mm. Um, and I think we need to give ourselves a break. I think self-care has become a little bit of a, a swear word. Um, it, it's oh, what do you like, mean by oh, that? Hmm. Well, it's almost like we can't, we, we've convinced ourselves that we don't have time to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And the best example I can give in that is I was seeing a therapist once and he said to me, when you're on a plane, have you ever taken notice of the safety demonstration? And I said, of course, you know, I could probably recite it back to front. Yeah. And he said, okay, so if those oxygen masks drop down, would you, A, put your mask on first or B, put your kids' masks on first? And I went, obviously B. Like, I know that they say to put your mask on first, but I'm a mum. Like, if I don't put their masks on, who's going to? Like, I'm, I'm going to put my kids' masks on first. And it was a little yeah. bit chuffed with my because, you know, good mum here. And he said, no, you're wrong. I'm like, excuse me? He said, you're wrong. You've got to put your own mask on before your kids. And I went, yeah, that's not going to happen. And he said, let me explain. Imagine that you are flying with an aisle up to that, that point was travelling with three children by myself. And something happens in the plane. There's noises going off. There's oxygen masks falling down. Imagine your panic level at that moment. Now imagine your children's panic level in that moment. Uh -huh. The 10 seconds that it would take for you to pull that mask down and put yours on means that you've got enough oxygen flowing to be able to spend the extra 10, 20 seconds to put all the other kids' masks on that need help. If you did that first child's mask or that second child's mask first, you might get through the first two, but by the third one, you're going to have run out of oxygen yourself and pass out. And what's that going to do for your kids? Mm. For, your, for your children to be sitting next to you, seeing you unconscious, they can't wake you up. No one can walk through the plane to, to help you. Mm. You're actually doing your children a disservice. Mm -hmm. And yet in that moment, what you consider to be selfish by putting your own mask on first is mm. actually the best you can do for your kids yes and I went holy crap <laughs> I never I never thought of it like that but it's uh -huh. the same in life if we allow ourselves to constantly be putting everyone else first we're running on empty and our family yeah. and our kids aren't getting the best out of us especially as business owners we can't run at 100% all the time no. it's just not possible no You're so right. In a life sense, we've got to put our mask on first. And sometimes that's, you know, that, that self-care, that, that mask is having a bubble bath. Maybe it's having a cup of tea out, outside in the grass in the sunshine. It could be something as simple as that, even while the kids run around. But something that for you grounds you and gives you that, that little bit of a boost of I'm doing this for me. Maybe it's a face mask while you're doing your office work from home. It could be something so little and simple that is for nobody else's benefit but yours. And I didn't realise how easily this whole self-care thing had become such a taboo thing, you know, that especially among single mums, you know, oh, no, I, I'm a single mum. The, the kids always need me for something. You're right, they do. 
but when they're all asleep in bed and you can go and have a shower for 10 minutes, do it. You know, when you're cooking dinner and you can put a face mask on and put one on them too, they'll think it's great. You know, do it. It doesn't have to be a chore to look after yourself. And I think for so many women, we feel guilty about it. Mm. But I'm trying to flip that for, for women especially. Yes. That, no, it's the mask. You know, you put your mask on um, because once you're happy and once you're fulfilled and once you feel great, that's going to emanate onto everyone around you and it's going to, you know, it's going to improve every aspect of your life that you're not even aware of yet. Mm, I totally agree with you, Alison. It's amazing. My question to the listeners and to the watchers in the comments, wherever our comments go here, I'm not sure, um, I would love for everyone to comment what is your mask? What is your oxygen mask? Is it a cup of tea? Is it jumping on the phone with a girlfriend and just having a chat? Um, I don't know, maybe the person down the road planted some flowers that are ugly and you need to have a good laugh about it and have a a little whinge. Whatever it is for you that makes you laugh and brings you joy, I'd love to hear what it is for you because it's different for everyone. Oh, it's different for everyone. And and you're right, the self-care is taboo. A lot of people, even 10 years ago, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now today and still people are trying to figure it out and what it is for them and what self-care really is so you make so many great points um thank you for all that I'm sorry I did interrupt you before but you were going to talk about your son um yeah so a lot of people say to me so is what you do only for women um and my answer is no um this this program that I offer um is for men and women but in a different way so Uh if you are a feminine court person so if you are a woman that is feminine or a a a man that is led by feminine if you are transgender anyone that that is more feminine than masculine will identify and will go through these cycles and I used my son as an example and I sat him down when he came home and I said, I ran off about four or five different things. And I said, do any of this make sense to you? Now, this is my child that had anxiety, depression, OCD, ROCD, borderline personality disorder, bipolar type one with schizophrenic tendencies. And there's another one in there too, but I can't think of it. Yeah. He was messed up, basically. Um, he was an ice addict. And he was in, at the time, he was being injected with it by, by a third party. And he was, he was a mess, absolute mess. Um, and so I, I sat down and I read out these sentences and he just burst into tears and he's like, mum, I've never had someone get me like that. Like, how is it that you, you know, like it's almost like you looked into me that I feel all these things on top of everything else. Mum always um, knows, right? So, sorry? A mum always knows. Oh, we sure do. <laughs> so we, we kind of developed... I guess he was my first client because we then developed a program for him that helped him understand him, which uh-huh. sounds silly. Most people understand themselves, but for somebody with mental health that, you know, especially with schizophrenia where you're hearing voices and seeing things and it's scary. You don't know what's real and what's not. Yes. Um, we, we used to fear him waking up in a good mood because that meant a manic episode might be on its way. Um, he... He tried to jump out of a car traveling down a highway at 120 k's an hour four separate times in one drive. 
Wow. And when he come home, he wasn't with me at the time. And when I said, why? And he said, mum, I wasn't thinking about the fact that if I jumped out of the car, I'd die. We were having an argument. And anywhere else, I would have just left the room to cool down. My manic brain was telling me, just leave the room. We'll deal with it later. Not thinking the room we're in is a moving vehicle. Yes, right. Um, and I said a, a couple of other examples that we've, we've come to is he could be standing on the top of a building and ready to jump. And just as certain as you and I are that gravity exists and that's not going to end well, he's that certain. Every fibre of his body is that certain he will fly and be fine. And it's this brain chemical imbalance that tells him he's invincible. Um, you know, we used to say that if he was ever at a party, God forbid, and there was a gun, he'd be the one that would say, point it at me because I'll be able to jump out of the way in time. You won't get me. I bet you won't get me. Oh, Again, wow. we know that's stupid. But his brain is telling him, I'm as fast as Superman. I'm, I'm invincible. Nothing can hurt me. So it was his good moods that scared us more than his bad. Yes. Because his bad, depressive moods I could always bring up. Uh -huh. Nothing can bring down a person easily. Yeah, right. Wow. So by implementing soul modes and him understanding himself, it, it saved his life. And I mean that in the most literal of senses. Uh -huh. He can now... And I mean, he's been clean. He'll be clean two years in March coming next month. So oh, that's it's, great. It's been a good yeah, yeah. For somebody that's injecting ice, mm -hmm. uh, I've been told many, many a time that most people that get to that stage never are never able to quit. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that we did it at home together, we didn't do any outpatient care or anything like that, just with his psychiatrist and his his mental health team. Wow, oh, that's great. I, I'm I'm so lucky. And I never thought I would consider myself lucky that I have a drug addict child, but, but compared to what could have happened, we were really lucky. Um, but, but this soul modes framework that I work with, he now wakes up and he'll say, oh, I'm in wild mode today, mum. And his energy will be that of a, a kid at Christmas. Like he literally jumps down our hallway and he's quite tall, headbutting the roof as he does it. Like he's just got all this energy, but there's no fear anymore because he, He's able to recognise within himself, I'm just in wild mode. I'm not heading into a manic episode. I'm just in a good mood. Like it's yeah. okay to be in a good mood. Um, or he'll come out and he'll say, oh, I'm buried today, um, you know, which is that that cue of I just want to stay in bed, you know, with Netflix and eat ice cream and I, I just need to, to look after me. Mm -hmm. But, again, we don't fear depressive episodes where we have to worry about him overdosing or or anything like that anymore. Oh. It, it gave us a whole new language to use in the house. And it's something that I will forever be grateful for. And we're actually going to start a podcast together where we give both the parents' angle and the child's angle of what we've been through because what we've been through isn't um, unique. And we're not the only person and the only family in the world that are going through this. But our hope is that by sharing our story, other families will hear it and realise that they're not alone mm. um, and that they have somebody that they can talk to that really gets it. I, I remember as a child I was in counselling for something and the therapist would always say, I understand how you feel. And even at a young age I remember thinking, no, you don't. There's no possible way you can understand how I feel. Um, and so I'm very cautious of saying those words. But when it comes to this, I can wholeheartedly and honestly say, I know how you feel. I know what it's like to wake up every morning wondering if today's the day the police are going to knock at your door and say, please come and 
and the fight your son's body. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have to choose between burying your child or calling the police on him and potentially visiting him in prison um, and the hard choice that that was. But I'm the mum that, and I've always said, I'm the mum that will take you to the cop shop and dob you in. But I'm also the mum that will pay for the lawyer, the best lawyer I can get to defend you. Because I'm not about putting up with crap, but I'm also your mum and I love you. Mm -hmm. Um, So for those families out there that are hearing this and, and thinking, oh, yeah, sure. No, I genuinely wholeheartedly know what that's like. Um, It's not a club that I would wish anybody join. Um, I'd much rather have everyone say to me, oh, I don't know what that's like because I don't want anyone to know what this is like. It's not not nice. Um, And I remember hearing, you know, people say, oh, once an addict, always an addict. And I never understood that until now. You know, he, yeah. he has to wake up every single day and choose not to do drugs. It's not a case of, oh, I just, I'll just stop. Like his body screams out for it. Um, and, you know, my, we've had a lot of conversations in our family over the last couple of years. Um, and it actually, it's so funny, almost the, the worst thing that any parent could possibly imagine has brought us closer together, together. than we've ever been, my son mm-hmm. and I. That's fantastic. And I just want to say, Alison, um, that there you're not the only family out there. And as you know, you've probably spoken to a lot of families that have had some similar situations. And I can even think off the top of my head, I know friends and family members even that have had some issues with that. It is a really big deal. And I was a drug and alcohol counsellor. So I actually saw all of that and how it really does affect families. And, and, and what you're doing with Soul Mods is incredible and how, how your son can identify everything that he feels by identifying what you're going through in your business. And I think that's brilliant the way you've structured it and the principles behind it is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, so the, the, the women that I was talking to with my other business and my son, they're my driving force as to why Alison Marie exists. They are um, they're what I feel called to do in the world without, without getting a little bit woo-woo. Um, that, that's what I feel drawn to, that I, I was given this path to walk uh-huh. um, because I, I needed the experience to be able to help people uh-huh. um, so that I'm not a hypocrite saying, oh, I know how you feel. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that, that's how I feel about it. Um, but through all of this, I've also spoken to a few other friends of mine who are business owners and were interested in soul modes. And we, re- we realised that by them understanding it as, as, a, as a woman, um, how that then transitioned into their business life. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's so amazing all the different parts of your life that it affects. Um, so now I work with business owners, um, who either are female or have a predominantly female office team, for example. And I explain to them how to increase the productivity in the office, um, make their staff walking, talking billboards when they're out and about. Mm -hmm. Um, I reduce the amount of mental health days taken because here in Australia, if you take a mental health day, that is a day that your employer has to pay you your full wage if you're a full-time employee. Yes. So the difference between having an employee stay at home and you're paying them full-time 
versus having them in the office, but maybe only getting three out of four things out of the 10 things done that day um, is a huge difference. You know, you're still getting productivity, a less productivity, but you're still getting productivity Mm. because you've got the understanding and your office has the understanding that during bear mode where you'd rather not be at work, um, you're going to have that lower productivity. But either side of those where you're in wild and super mode, your productivity skyrockets because you're, it fills you up and it excites you to get it all done. Yeah. And by yeah. looking at your employees over a week period instead of just, oh, you didn't really do great today, your staff retention will increase because they feel valued and understood. Um, and the morale in your environment um, is just going to hit the roof because yeah. you've got people that understand each other and understand that some days we just need a little bit of um, tough love. Some days we need a little bit of, I just need you to leave me alone and can you talk to me about this tomorrow? There's always going to be times where sometimes you've just got to get on and get the job done. There's no if, buts or maybes. Uh-huh. But if as a general rule, you can say to your employees, right, I, I need A, B, C, D, E done. They can then go away and say, right, well, today I'm in super mode. So I'll do the graphics because she's all about making things pretty and, and lovey. So all of the graphics will get done today. Tomorrow, um, assuming that you cycle every day, how long you spend in each mode depends on how quickly you fill your cup. So it, that can vary. Um, but then you hit wild mode and you're, um, you, you're going to smash through all of the um, copywriting of it um, oh, yeah. or all of the data input or whatever it is that needs to be done. Then you hit bare mode and, okay, that day is probably just, you know, replying to emails and doing the bare minimum, but mm-hmm. you're still at work. Your mm-hmm. employer is still getting productivity from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're in super mode again where, right, it's all done. I've double-checked it. It's all good. Send it off. Yeah. So your employees having that little bit of control over, over their week and how they structure what they've got to do, it, I mean, I call it hacking yourself because you can set yourself um, the task that you know is actually going to feel good each day. You're yeah. not going to get home at the end of the day going, oh, my God, that just felt like the longest day ever because you're doing the tasks during that day that feel good. You're going to yeah. end up each day at home going, I smashed that out today. That was yeah. great. Tomorrow I'm going to do this, this and this. And, and your, your whole outlook on everything yeah. is going to be so much more happy and open. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean, walking billboards. Yeah. I'm yet to meet that works at Google that gets to go and take a nap throughout the day because they've got nap pods um, and says, oh, no, I hate working here. You know, yeah. I'm so supported. My employer takes my mental health just as seriously as they do my skills um, and that it's an equal field. If I need to go and take a break and I need to go and have a half an hour nap, I'm going to do that. And my employer respects, you know, my mental health enough and my situation at home to know that that's what I need to be more productive when I come back. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, no one leaves Google because the um, culture is bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. That's that's for sure. But it, you make so many good points there. You know, with mental health, there's a lot of people out there that don't take it so seriously. And everyone's busy, yeah. busy, 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 constantly busy. And they don't take time to breathe. Don't take time to break. Don't take time to stop. And there's just so many different things out there. So there's a lot of good things that I, I can see what you're doing for women in, in the office workspace. So do you work with corporates um, or do you work with everyone that's just working in an office? 
working moms or who is your niche? Um, your niche? I I try because I tailor, especially with the um, the corporate side of things uh, and the entrepreneur side of things, I tailor that to each person. So yes, there is a, a standard starting point. Um, everyone that does a course with me starts with our three-step reset, which yeah. uh, has three exercises on boundaries, on values, and a life audit. So that you can actually see what you want to work on and what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of working with me, we do that again so that you can see on paper where you've come from and where you are now and how you've grown throughout that period. Mm. Um, but the rest of the course, I tailor to each person because for one person, it might be, I just want to, I just want to boost the office morale. I just want my staff to know that I know sometimes stuff happening at home affects the workspace. Mm. And I don't want them to fear coming to work because they, they worry they're going to be reprimanded for only getting three things done. Mm-hmm. I want to implement this into my leadership team so that that everyone that works here understands and and feels supported whether they're in the workspace or at home and that that I understand you know to a degree um you know that that productivity does shift you know with each of these modes um and when it comes to a lot of people say oh so you don't work with men well no I do especially in the entrepreneurial space because even though they won't experience it they'll still be able to recognize and they'll still be able to support their team by understanding what each mode does, how these people are going to feel in the in these modes. And if you've got a time-sensitive thing that needs to be done by 5 p.m., don't go and give it to the person in bear mode. Go and give it to the person in wild or super mode. It's going to be like, right, I'm on it, it's done. Yeah. yeah. Just knowing those things mm. and from your staff being able to recognise, yeah, I'm probably not the one to give that to. And it's not a case of slacking off in bear mode. It's not a case of you don't still have to do your job. But I'm talking about those days where we really just would rather be at home in bed, um, where we just don't feel like we can face the workplace because we're expected to have that toxic positivity, you know, happening yeah. all the time. And everyone has and, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. And and for your office space to understand, um, you know what, today I just I feel a little crappy. It's not that I'm angry at anyone or that I don't love my job. I just, I'm dealing with a lot and and I, I don't really want to be here, but I have a commitment and I'm, I'm here to do what I can do mm-hmm. um, and, you know, pick up the slack tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's a, a real, I don't even know what the word is. <laughs> How professional is that, Alison? Um, but I, I, there's so much value in, in, in some, especially smaller teams where you're kind of on top of each other um and you know I'm I've spoken to uh Tupperware managers who have again it's a predominantly female team under them um and she's like I I need this I need this I need my team to understand these modes so Mm -hmm. that when they're planning out their parties they're not planning them out at times where they feel like they have to drag themselves Mm -hmm. because doing a demonstration you do have that positivity uh confidence where you know, if you're in a mode where you'd rather not go, you're not going to have as good of a sales pitch as, as what you would otherwise. So once you kind of track them a little while and, and begin to see what works for you to fill that cup that will then shift you into the next mode, you can then, you know, make sure that you do the things that will shift you if you have a party on. 
Um, hairdressers is another one, you know, a team of, of hairdressers. Um, again, being able to understand that, you know what, you maybe you should be, um, you know, just work out the back today because you should not be on the phone dealing with people. <laughs> because if someone calls to say, I need to get, like you turn around and say, don't bother coming and hang up, probably not a good look. No. Um, so there's so many different areas and and industries that this, this will slip in for into their leadership style. Um, the possibilities are endless. It's just what works with your team and what your goals are, you know, for your business side of things and, and what you want to improve. Perfect. Oh, beautiful. Lots of value. We've, we're running out of time now, though, Alison, and it's um, been a pleasure to have you on. I, I do ask a lot of my guests on my podcast one question at the end of the podcast, and that is if you could, if the listeners could get anything out of what we've been talking about today and what you've given today, what would it be? Give yourself a break. There's very little in life that is actually as urgent as what we feel it is. If you need to put off hanging out the washing, if you don't do your dishes before you go to bed tonight, they'll still be there in the morning. If you need to to rearrange some of those things to get that self-care time in, do it. Your kids aren't going to care that the dishes weren't done the night before. They're not going to care that that you're giving them aged food and not freshly baked stuff. Just look after you because as women, we're the ones that tend to look after our families. And again, if you don't have your mask, you can't you can't be your best to be there for everyone else. So yeah, yeah. perfect. Take a break. Yeah, take a break. That's great. I'll leave it at there, Alison. Thank you so much for coming on um, the podcast today. Uh, this is the real <laughs> deal. This is the real deal with Sean Matthews, where we have real conversations with real people, entrepreneurs and business owners alike. So if you'd like to comment on YouTube, go right ahead. We'll answer those. And I will put Allison's things in the, um, in the show notes so you can contact her if you need and want to as well. Um, I will actually put Allison's email address and her you have a website too don't you Allison great okay so I will put all those details in the show notes as well and again this is Sean Matthews with the real deal have a great day bye now